three, two, we are live. Episode 21 of the No One Told Me Hockey Podcast. Jack, what is going on? We got Fletcher back on the pod this week. It's nice to have you back. Welcome back. You're well missed last week. So it is good, good to, to be back. It is good I swear. To be, it's good to see my lobster skin. <laughs> I was going to say, every time we go on this podcast now, it seems like your skin gets redder and redder. I knew you were gonna say something like that. I don't think. And I don't, I don't think, think my the, childhood. I don't think the my, orange wall. I was gonna say the orange wall say, isn't helping you either. I was about to say my <laughs> childhood room, My childhood room is not doing me any favors. You want to guess why it's orange? Uh for Omaha. No, I. Prior to me being a hockey player, I loved uh, basketball. I love basketball, so we painted my room orange. For a basketball, like just yeah. you painted it orange because of a, <laughs> yeah. You didn't like, love like the NBA, like you just loved like a basketball. I was like, I was like, because I played hockey. I think I started hockey at like six, so this means I was like five years old. I was probably just like basketball, basketball. There we go, orange, orange and room. Never, never a new painting on that thing. No, I mean I moved away young, so I guess I haven't true, really lived here. True. For in a long what if, time, like, but... what do you think? Like, if you liked hockey, the whole room would have just been black. Yeah, like a puck. You said just one big <laughs> black room, <laughs> black sheets, black uh, pillows. That's just everything. Uh, but anyway, I'm doing good. I uh, I'm six days out from this triathlon now, officially. Six... So it's Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. This Saturday. Damn. So, I'm a little nervous. How, are we, everyone keeps How saying, are we feeling? I'm feeling more confident, but I'm feeling more confident in the biking. I'm still a little iffy on the running. The nice thing about the running is, like, if I need a walk, I'll just walk. Like, whatever. I'll walk yeah. for a couple minutes and then run again. Um, but I just don't want to get stuck, like, going uphill on the bike. And, like, I can't move my legs. And, like, I have a mental breakdown up there. And could we, can we remind? Land. Can we remind listeners of the uh, the distances? Yeah, so it's like a point nine. These aren't. I'm not 100 percent sure on these, but it's like a point nine three mile swim, and then for this triathlon, it's like a 23 mile bike. I think usually they're a little bit longer, and then for the run, it's 6.2 miles. So 6.2. I'm really relying on my willpower to get through pretty much most of it i was gonna say the so, only thing i'm thinking of that i think the hardest part for you is gonna be the run just because it's, it's a long I agree. Right? a mile two miles is not too bad three miles no. you're pushing it four miles you're really pushing it six mm -hmm. miles here in the depths and that that's after that's after a bike and a swim too so it's not like a fresh it's not a no. fresh six miles it's a you're in the pain cave already probably so, so what's the most you've done to what's the most you've done together uh well one day i think i told this story i was supposed to do like the full bike distance and the full run but then my bike wasn't operating correctly so i stopped that but uh the other day i did like a 16 mile bike and then my watch died so i, I and i did like a 32 minute run so probably okay. like a three mile run um that's the most i think i've done together which is kind of concerning i feel like i probably should have done more than that at this point but you're good. You buckle down. Are you gonna go music? Like I Are said, you gonna go music? I'm gonna go podcast. Podcast. Ooh. So I'm gonna have my phone. I'm gonna have my phone mounted on because I got like a bike phone mount. I'm gonna have that on my phone already strapped into it. So when I get out of the water, I have my headphones right there. I'll pop them in, and then my phone will already be on there. I'll just turn it on and go. And then what about when you're so, running? Podcast still. Podcast. Are you gonna, gonna mount? Are you mounting yeah. the phone on the arm? Dude, I don't know. I don't have like a phone mount on my arm. We I usually just go, carry it. Go, but that's no, annoying, dude. No. Carrying your phone is brutal. Dude, it gets heavy over six miles. Go get the armband. I know. I know. Or I'm thinking like these on the tri suits that I wear, it has like a back pocket for like water bottles and stuff, but that might be too loose. So I don't know what I'm gonna yeah, I might have to get like a little phone little phone holder else I might die holding that thing in my arm in my hand. And then my last question, well, you could also end up 
Say you drop it in mile five. Now you're in a bad mood for mile six. You don't want that. Crack screen. Crack screen. Crack. Mile Wait, five. I got a, I got a genuine question though. Do you have a plan for yeah. hydration slash fuel? Like what times the race at? What are you like, eating before? Oh, you want to know my biggest fear about this whole race is? Cramp. So I, so I usually, so the race starts at 730 in the morning. Swimming at 7.30 in a cold-ass lake, 7.30. But um, I usually take my morning poop at about 9 o'clock. Oh, you see where that could be a problem? You see where that could be a problem? Be on... here's, here's what I'm thinking. If anybody's listened to all the episodes, I'm thinking you eat what we suggested for the pregame meal. Then you use the bathroom yeah. potentially in between. What if you have to use the bathroom in between the swim and the bike? No. Now, now somebody knocks. But now you're panicking. You don't know what to say. You don't remember from the last episode. Dude, Somebody knocks. Oh, oh. Uh, so, someone's in here. <laughs> They're like mid-triathlon. Now you're reflecting on the episodes. Oh, I'd be so rattled. I'd be like, what? I'm in here. Dude, there's only one porta potty over there. There's not like a whole bathroom set up. I mean, they might put more porta potties for the triathlon. But still, dude, I can't take. I'm not going dump mid-triathlon. What about this? What about there's this? There's no way. What if you got up like a couple hours early so you, the timing worked out for you? Or drink a coffee? Well, that's when I'm, but like I, I wake up at five in the morning on normal days and I go to the bathroom at eight, but I don't drink my coffee until about that time. So I think I'm, what I'm going to, these next couple of days, what I, what I might do is wake up early and try to go to the bathroom right away and like get it in, you know, get in a little pattern here that right now my routine is. I get up and go to the bathroom. I don't wait. I think that's the way to go. Yeah. I think that's so, the way to go. What, so triathlons at 730 in the morning is official start time. So I'm probably going to have to wake up at five, be there at like seven. Because I want to eat like a couple hours before. I don't want to hop in, you know, with eggs still in my no. stomach and whatnot. You I, I also I also may not be going with the eggs. I almost, I'm almost thinking you go with like a pasta. Uh, in the morning? Yeah, it doesn't matter what time. Pasta doesn't no, matter what time it is. No, you're gonna go with eggs. I'm comfortable. You're gonna go with eggs com- and then swim a mile, dude. I'm comfortable with eggs in my stomach. That I that I'm real comfortable with eggs in my stomach. If I'm you, if I'm I, you, I'm going with. I'm not. It's going not with only eggs. It's not only eggs. It's not only eggs. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm not going with anything that comes from an animal that could make me sick. I'm going with whole wheat grains, mm. peanut butter, bread, peanut basic. Butter. Now. Now, so this is, I agree with that. You got to go with basics, but for the mid race, what do you think I should eat? I think I'm going banana because I know a banana. I can handle a banana. Oh, no. you're not going banana, banana? What, dude. What? Oh my banana, God. dude. The last what? thing I want to be doing is burping up a banana on mile five. I don't want to be tasting <laughs> banana on mile five. What, what are you you're gonna, gonna be tasting eat? banana? What what five mile? Are we talking five miles on the bike or five miles think, on the run? I'm talking you're running. <laughs> Next thing you know, you get a little belly burp and you're tasting banana on mile five. What are you going with? Peanut butter and jelly. Whole wheat. Toast it. Put it in the bag. <laughs> what am I gonna fucking bring the toaster out there? Have my mom, my mom's No, out. I'm saying you pre make it. <laughs> Stuff it in there with your phone. Stuff it in that pouch with the phone. No, dude. No way. I was thinking about a PB&J, though, after the bike. Hey, you want to hear, hear something? Is it, but is it but also, people are saying buy these little goo packets. Oh, Have you seen those little goo packets? If you're, not training, like, if you're not training with the goo yeah. packet, I'm not touching the goo packet. During the race. That's, what I, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to get into that. I'm mainly, no, I'm mainly more butter. worried about hydration over anything hydration and like some sort of drink to get me some maybe some sugars or electrolytes is what What about mustard packets what about mustard packets oh no way dude no No. way mustard packets pretty good one two three done imagine burping that up i'm not telling you to put the mustard on the banana i'm not telling you to put the mustard on the banana (laughs) (laughs) i would way rather burp up a banana than mustard okay 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 i got I got your plan here. If I'm okay. you, Saturday morning, okay. 
Actually, we're going to rewind yep. 24 hours. It's Friday. I'm taking it easy, a little stretch, yeah. maybe a late jog, yep. something easy. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning rolls. Friday night, you're getting to bed, 9, 8.30, 10, you're shutting it down, putting on something relaxing. Mm-hmm. 10, I'm asleep. I'm you're asleep wake- by 10 every night. Yeah, you're waking up. I want you up by first alarm, 4.30, Saturday morning. You're going to wake <sighs> up. You're going to take a nice shower, maybe eat something, maybe lay back down, close your eyes again. Wake up, no bathroom. Way. Wait, 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 wait. Wake up, bathroom, right, plate of whole wheat pasta. Plate of whole wheat pasta. Now we're up. Now we go to the bathroom. Got now we bomb. make it to the race. We make it to the race. Swim, PB&J. Bike, PB&J. Run, PB&J. Post-game pasta. You're good to go. No, no. All right, you want to no. hear my serious plan? I'll, I'll say I'll do it quickly, I think. This is just me off the top, so I'm going to... The night before, I probably will have a light pasta with some chicken and a salad. Keep it simple. Not too many heavy sauces. Maybe like an chicken. olive oil base. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dude, chicken. I like chicken. Yes, dude. It's a nervous bird. That's a nervous <laughs> bird. Oh, touch that chicken. That's a nervy bird. So, it's a nervous right, bird. Maybe I'll get a nice like bison burger in me. No. Um, I'm Stay away from kidding. the animal products. kidding. So then, so then I wake up, I'm probably going to wake up around five, right? I'm going to make breakfast right away. I'm probably going to have three eggs. I don't want to hear the comment with some fruit and probably a yogurt. And I want another carb in there, but I don't, I'm not a big bread guy. So I got to figure that out. But and then I'm gonna have my coffee right away. So hopefully the, the morning shit starts to activate. Now we're moving. Uncle Ben's now rice. We're moving. Could go with Uncle Ben's rice. I could go a little rice in there. That's my go-to. Um, That's my go-to. Marketing. I that might not be a bad idea. Might not be a bad idea. So I'm gonna get the coffee in me early, and get the get the get the juices flowing. Hopefully, go to the bathroom. Get there, be hydrating the whole time, and then do the swim. And then I'm gonna have some sort of like, not energy, not an energy drink, but like some sort of like Gatorade type drink. You know, get the electrolytes. Probably have a couple granola bars in my back of my pouches. Might take down like two granola bars. I think I should be good there. And then once I get off the bike, I'm going to crush maybe a PB&J or a banana. That's what it's going to be. Maybe a PB&J with banana in it. Stuff it in there. Ooh, that's actually not. I might go. I might not do jelly, though. I might do honey, honey, no, honey, peanut butter, and banana sandwich. Because that honey is good. That gives you a little, that little sugar. Gets you a little, gets you a little bite. Gives you a little bite. Yeah. Yeah, it gives you that little, whatever you call it, little sugar rush or something. So, I used to have a kid on my team who used to just take full gulps of honey in between periods. I had a kid that put Skittles in his water bottle. Really? Yeah, I had a kid that Red Bull. I had a kid that drank Red Bull. I did some Cheez-Its, but not my water bottle. <laughs> I'm, I was a goldfish guy. Gold, a couple goldfish. Mm. So, anyway, how have you been? I am doing good. It is wedding season right now for me. So I'm yeah, jumping dude. in between weddings. I had one last so weekend. Expensive. It was amazing. It was expensive, but it was amazing. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Got to see some old teammates. I got another one tomorrow through next Tuesday. So a week-long event. Um, Thank God you don't so, work. Yes, this would be a difficult <laughs> difficult couple weeks off. <laughs> yeah, um, so really excited for those. I, I shouldn't say you don't work. You work. You just are in your summer break right yes, now. I'm all for the I'm all. for the time. Say, come, being, you have a good nice say, come little June, break. Come June 28th, yeah. I'm full go, 12 hours a day. So right, right. I just gotta right. so I take the don't break work break. back, but yeah, break. you do have a nice break. I would um, not be able to swing the Tuesday to Tuesday. <clears> no, <throat> that's a tough one. And uh, got to see a different set of teammates this time around. So same nice. school, but different group of guys, kind of, which is nice. Hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. You're busy then with weddings. And I got like later in the summer, I got two weddings in Chicago. Then I got to go back in December for another wedding. Yeah. It is wedding season right now. It's crazy. Wedding season. I love it. The place of love. Yeah. But that's what's going on in my world. Nothing much, nothing much going on besides that. Cool. 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 So I got a question for you, right? You've been out of hockey now for, I mean, a whole year out of college, right? Out of whole your year. main. We're going on a whole year right now. I think the kids I that are a year younger than me are graduating next weekend. Yeah, June 12th so for us. A year. 
Yeah. So we're going a year out of college. What are some things that you have learned about transitioning out of hockey and kind of into the real world now? It's a great question. I, there's so much to get into with this. I feel like this is going to take up some time, but that's what yeah. I'm here for. And that's what we're here yeah. for. Um, I think the, the broadest, the broadest answer and something to remember as players, right? Everybody's going to stop hockey at some point. I think that a big mm -hmm. realization for people at any age is it's okay to stop, right? A lot of people will hold on to it as yeah. long as possible. They're like, oh man, like I got to play pro. I got to go play the lowest level pro I can find. And then I'm going to try to work my way all the way up, which is great, right? And that's totally okay. But it's also totally okay to start to find a job and start to transition out of it too. I think that that to me you, is, is so important. You, what do you think? Do you think, well, I got a question for you on that. So do you think that is because they are trying to justify like their career to other people? I, th I think it, I think there's multiple reasons why you would go and do that. Um, I could see it being like a justification on like your career. Like you want to show people that you were good enough to play pro. I think there's some other guys who truly do just love to play um, and they might be scared of you know, moving on. Um, but I think for like, I feel like for me, at least like, I'm not saying like, I feel like I, I like, since I didn't end up going to vision one and that kind of like, I, I kind of let myself down in that aspect. Like the only reason I was thinking about going to play pro was like, to kind of justify like, Oh, I am a good hockey player and like show everyone else that like I could do it, you know? Yeah. It's such a, it's such so, a balance. Like, it's a couple dimensions of that. Like, I think that first, yeah, I think there's justifying it to others, right? Like, oh man, like people are mm -hmm. think it's so cool if I play pro, right? Everybody would talk about, oh, Fletcher played yeah. pro or Jack played pro, right? There is, that does play a factor in people's yeah. decisions, whether you like it or not. I'd say secondly, right? Mm -hmm. There's that internal justification, right? To you and I would say your immediate yeah. family, right? Mom, dad, brother, sister, mm -hmm. you, right? was it all worth it right could i do it that that type of battle so i think you're kind of fighting two battles at once as you start to transition out right you fight that internal one yeah. like you and your family kind of going through that together then you're also fighting mm -hmm. like the external one like i gotta prove these coaches wrong or i gotta prove these friends wrong or i gotta i gotta mm -hmm. prove them right maybe if they were supporters of you so i think it's those yeah. two separate battles that are going on at once what do you what do you think about that i i would agree i was gonna after i said like about me like proving i was going to say it was also me trying to prove it to myself as well that like i spent all these years on it that i know i could have in quotes went and got paid to do it essentially yeah. you know and like depending on what league it was like yeah justify like playing all those years of hockey like that it yeah. wasn't in quotes wasted even though it wasn't it's yeah. just like kind of that internal battle that you create with yourself so I do think it's those two things for sure, like an external and internal battle. And then I do really think like some kids don't even think like that at all. And they just don't want to be done with hockey. Like they love playing it yeah. and they'll do whatever it takes to keep playing. Um, even if it means playing at like one of the lowest levels of professional hockey, they don't care. Like yeah. they just want to keep. And now that could be a whole different reason too on why maybe they're scared to move on to the real world. Um you know, or they just truly love it. I don't know, but <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a battle. It's really hard to come to terms with, um, moving on. I think it's harder. Like, it's like right when your season ends, right? Like you have so many emotions, like you're kind of relieved, you know, like that you're done. It's like, there's a relieving sense in it. There's a super sad part of it. Right. But it doesn't truly hit you. I think until like the next year when like the guys below you or when seasons start again, yeah. Now right, in so managing like year, that, like, yeah. Go right. Ahead. So in ma in managing that, right? Did you find it useful or not useful to watch the games or follow along the games, whether it be on social media, Twitter, talking to the guy? Um. So I think I I I watched so I watched probably half the games because I do like like some the kids that are a year younger than me. I was super close with. And like good friends with them. So I like watching them and seeing them 
and guys younger than them too, but like mainly those guys I was really close with. I like watching them and seeing them do well, like them personally have success. Um, I did like watching that. There was a, I won't get into that, <laughs> Never mind. but yes, for that part of it, um, I, I agree. There was some parts that like, I not, I didn't want, I wanted them to succeed, but I, there was other reasons like why I didn't, I didn't want, I'm not going to whatever. Scratch no, don't that. get it. Don't get it. I, I wanted them to see. Yeah. I wanted them to succeed just cause like of the people that they are and like everything we went through, I wanted to see them do to do well. What about you? Yeah. I think right there it, for it, me, I gave it a lot of thought. Were you going to say something there? Yeah. I was go, just going to say, I don't, it, I don't think it was tough to watch the games. I enjoyed watching them just cause it brought up a lot of things about like, it just brought up like good times that I had at the school, like, playing the games when i saw a home game like i was like oh i wish i could be there but i don't think it was like uh i was mad to watch them or like jealous you know yeah i felt like i wanted them to win and i, I liked watching them yeah i i would say that at least for me and those are all great points that we're kind of on a similar page right the the way my like competitive playing ended right with the injury right i could have taken a really yeah. sour like I could have taken a very sour view on hockey, right? Like, and a lot of people, right? A lot of people post injury were like, oh, I'm so sorry, right? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. one, one person really quickly, who was my head coach at the time, he, mm -hmm. he kind of looked at me and was like, all right, like what's next? Like, let's like, not like, there's no time for sobbing around. Like, what, what are we doing? Like, are we coaching? What are we doing? So yeah. in him yeah. saying that, in him saying that, I kind of took the attitude right away of, like, I'm still involved and I'm still doing it. Even through this year, right? Even though I wasn't playing, like, I watched pretty much every single Union game. I watched almost every single North Dakota game because they were usually, like, an hour later. So I was able to have them both yeah. on. Then I had two, fr mm -hmm. like, two friends at a couple other schools. And, like, I, I mean, I stayed involved in it a ton. And, yeah, is it hard sometimes to, like, see that yes sure but at the same time like you could sit there and be jealous and angry and like, why is that me or you could sit there and be like yeah, yeah. Man, these are my best friends like i'm supporting them like 100 percent i'm support yeah. i do not see a, a a world where i'm not supporting my friends through their games i just don't see that happening yeah. and i there was no way i was taking the I agree. alternative attitude that some people do take right well and what i'll say too is like i and you did too, because of COVID, like obviously yours is different because you have, you had a like in injury that didn't allow you to keep playing, but like I had the option to take another year of college, yeah. right? Oh, I could have had an yeah. option to play yeah. a fifth year. But yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you did too. Like we had the option to take a fifth year and play again. And I like when, when that option was presented to me, I didn't even second guess i was like i'm done like i don't want to go to school i don't want to i don't envy the school battle of it um i don't envy some of like you know the i i, I do miss like the hard workouts and stuff but like i don't want to go through that again like i'm good like where the four years that i had i don't need another year to try to like show something like i feel like i did a good job in those four years so it's like i had the option so i think like if you have that option you it's hard to be like jealous of them knowing like I, you you'd made that decision yeah, and one of the best we conversations I wasn't I, like forced out of it. No, and one of the best conversations I had with somebody in in navigating the decision making was they kind of said to me they were ex players themselves. They had played it. Uh, they, I can say it, they played it Bentley, but um, yeah, they're older. They got their families now, and they said to me, they said, "Fletch, well, where do you see yourself in three years?" They said, "Add three years to where you are right now." They said, "Do you see yourself playing pro?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "No, I got I don't like." Not that it's not something I would love to, I would definitely love to do it, but it's not something I really see myself being in that part of my life at that time. So they said, okay, like now that mm -hmm. you know that, right, let's just look at next year. Do you want to use this next year to uh, kind of develop into the professional non-athlete that you want to be, or do you want to play hockey another year? And then when I kind of looked at it like that, I was like, okay, like what's the more tangible thing to do, right? Sure. Could you go play? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that I wanted to do at the time to move myself in a better mm -hmm. professional step in my life. So I think that those are like, I just want to like circle to that, right? Talking to people who have been through it is super helpful. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree. 
I think the only like the only reason that I had interest in playing pro would be to like go to Europe and even if it wasn't a great league, like go live over there and like have the opportunity to live over there, get paid and play hockey. But like more importantly, go see that side of the like the world for like an extended period of time. Yeah. You know, that was that was the more interesting part to me. It wasn't necessarily the hockey. It was more of like the ability to be able to kind of travel around in Europe and go and, you know, do those type of things rather than play the hockey part of it. Yeah, that's so, a great point. That's a great point, right? That, like the European option, it gives a lot of, uh, you get to gain a lot of experience, whether that be traveling, yeah. meeting people. I would say, and this is a big misconception, right? Pro hockey, right? You say pro hockey. <laughs> there are college yeah. teams that can beat pro teams. Like if you look at North oh, American yeah. hockey, right? You have NHL, AHL, ECHL, SP, Federal League. Then in Europe, you have SHL, uh, the Dell, the Liga, the KHL, um, Svenskan, a Swedish one, uh, Finnish one, Finnish two, yeah. uh, Dell one, Dell two, Dell three, uh, France one, France two, France three, uh, <laughs> Swedish two, Swedish it three. Goes it, on, you could keep going. Yeah. It, so, and those are like, those are like some of the ones you listed off are like mainly like well known, pretty good leagues. There's, yeah, there's some, some that, that go there's, way there's a lot down that I don't the totem know. pole. Yeah, oh, yeah, there's some, there's a lot. So to say that you, if you want to, yeah, it, it looks cool to some people to say you played pro, great. And maybe you're doing it mm -hmm. to travel, great. Or maybe you just want to keep playing, great. But mm -hmm. also sometimes that pro step is not a step up, right? If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I would say a lot. I would say a lot of times it's almost like a lateral move in yeah. a sense. Like, especially if you're not going to, I would say, so for like in the U.S., I would say like the SPHL is division three players, ECHL is division one and kind of major junior kids. And then like, once you get into the AHL and NHL, that's when you yeah, start getting like into like the, the, yeah, like that's when the guys start getting like real, real deal. Like you're getting a mix of players from all over who are studs. Yeah. I got a good one. I got a good yeah, one then, to touch uh, on that. The, go ahead. I have a friend that mm -hmm. plays in the AHL. His nickname is mm -hmm. Grandpa. Grandpa. Guess how old he is? How old is he? Like he's like probably twenty five. He is twenty seven. The young kids oh. on the team, the eighteen, nineteen, and twenty year olds, call him Grandpa, and he's twenty seven. Dude, that's, that's how young and that's how good those now. leads yeah. are. Like, look out yeah. if you think you're joining, if you're jumping around from some college right. teams to that. Yeah, 27 years old, he's called, getting called grandpa. That's crazy. That is wild. So, like, if so, say I got a question for you. Like, if you, because I, I think this is important to talk about as well. Like, if you're, you know, say you're in high school or you're playing junior hockey and you're maybe not interested in taking hockey as seriously as like Division One or Division Three, like they're both a big time commitment. I think, like, it's also important to know that like club hockey is also an option for kids that want to continue to play. I think it's a great way for kids that are coming out of high school or maybe even there's a lot of junior kids who are kind of just done with that competitive, like really big time commitment and they go and play club hockey for some pretty good schools. Um, and yeah. then it goes down the list of like, you know, they have different divisions for club hockey where a kid who played high school hockey in Wisconsin could go and play at his school's club hockey team and meet 30 of his best friends right away, get to play, get to play hockey on the weekends, go to some pretty cool places. And it's not too much of like a, for the most part, there's some teams who take it really seriously, but for the most part, it's not too much of like a time commitment versus like division one or division three. So I think that's also really important. Like you still get to play the game, make friends right away. It's like a fraternity essentially, but you get to go and play hockey with them. You know, so I think that's also a great option for kids outside of like, you know, after life with pro and stuff, maybe just after high school or juniors. Yeah. That's a great option, too. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of have to be careful of what I say, considering I work in Division three. So that recruitment battle of mm -hmm. trying to get kids to choose Division three over club sometimes I'm very heavily involved in. Mm -hmm. But I do want to say one of the big benefits of club hockey, if that's the route that you want to choose it allows you to go to some schools that don't have a hockey program. For example, you could play club hockey at University of true. Florida. You could play club hockey at Florida yep. State. You could play club hockey at Texas. You could play club hockey at North Carolina. 
played club hockey at USC, right? These are schools that don't have Division One or Division Three programs yet, and I, I think they won't get them. But yeah, I hope so. I hope yeah, so. Yeah, it'd be cool, but I don't think they will. So if it's, say maybe you have a family legacy at Florida, and you're mm -hmm. kind of torn on, do I go to a big state school like Florida? Do I follow in my parents' footsteps? Or do I go to a maybe a smaller Division three school? What do I do? Right? That could play a factor, right? The, the education yeah. piece could bring you in. If you, if you get into Duke versus yeah, a right, right. smaller school, right? You may want to go to Duke yeah. and play club hockey there. There's nothing wrong with that. It's probably awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point right there. Actually, you just brought up that. I did not really consider is a lot of those schools, if you're really interested or you get into a pretty tough school and they don't have division one, most of them don't besides yeah. like some of the big 10 schools and, you know, some schools up, e up north in the Northeast, a lot of bigger schools aren't going to have division one. So that's a great point. Like if you're really interested in going to a school, definitely look into the club hockey and some of them have great setups. Like they yeah. get, obviously they still have to pay for like their fees and stuff, but they get hooked up with some pretty cool stuff, some good fans and stuff. So I definitely think that's a, that's a great option for kids coming out of high school or, or kids that are kind of done with junior hockey. Oh, 100%. Um, and yeah, that, that's a great point by you right there. 100%. I do want to, I got a question for you, right? Cause, and mm -hmm. as you talk, I'm going to go get my laptop charger to plug into this. It's right behind me, but Okay. Something that I want to, because you, you could talk on, right? In finding yeah. a job post-college career that's not in hockey, what mm -hmm. steps would you take? So say, for example, I've played Division One, I've played Division Three. I don't want to go into coaching. I don't want to go into scouting. I may want to go into computer engineering, mechanical engineering, uh, psychiatry, psych something like that. What steps would you do? Would you talk to former teammates? Would you... Uh, talk to alumni what what are the steps that you took and what's your advice yeah so i think the the biggest thing is especially in terms of finding a job these days it can be super competitive on kind of getting jobs so you have to use every connection to your advantage so and the biggest advantage i think that hockey players have is using former teammates slash alumni to their advantage and i'm sure like if you talk to your coach if you talk to your coach or assistant coaches who have been around for a long time they'll have contacts they'll have the contact information of former players from your team or you could go on linkedin or i mean i'm sure some of them are still around like i know for my school a lot of the times like we had alumni weekends where guys would they would fly in or they would be or still live around there and our coach would put together a night after one of our games where we would all go out with the alumni. So it'd give us a chance to kind of network with them. And that was a great way. Like if some guys lived out of state or they don't come around too much, so you could talk to them, kind of network with them. Holy guy. Um, you can network, you can network with them, kind of find out where they work and stuff. So I think the biggest advantage you have of playing on a team is using the former teammates to your advantage and then talk to guys. So say you're a freshman or a sophomore, right? And you want an internship for that summer. They played with kids who are now four years out of school who have established jobs at a company that you might want to work for. So talk to them, ask them, be like, Oh, like do you have, did you play with any guys who work at X, Y, and Z now? They might say, yeah, Oh, I know this guy who worked there. Um, and then they can give you their email. They can text them. So they can just open up a line of communication because you have, if you think about it, if you're a freshman, then you have your seniors, maybe a, a fifth year guy you're talking. And then they played with, when they were freshmen, they had seniors. So that's eight years of guys that all played on this team together. And then the list could just keep going further. So you have a huge network of people. Um, now I have a that question that you use. I was going to have a question that you just mentioned before we keep going. You mentioned internships. Did you do an internship? Yeah. What's your opinion on internships? Uh, just uh, that's yeah. like such a heavily debated thing. Cause like, do you train, do you not train? What do you do? Well, for us, so like our school, we're, we're, we're mainly engineering school and for engineering jobs, for the most part, like they heavily rely on your internship experience to get a full-time job. Um, so our school really pushed internships, our hockey team really like on our hockey team, I would say every kid had an internship every year maybe besides one kid one or two really? kids everyone always had one 
it was always harped on to get internships. And it's a great way to one, it's a resume builder, right? Like you, that's a great talking point when people are, are doing interviews for another internship or a job. It's a huge talking point. It, it allows you to network. It could lead into a potential job and you get paid, right? All summer, you get paid pretty good. Um, but I think most importantly, it's kind of a good way to kind of figure out what you like in a company um, and what you like doing. Um, maybe like for me, like engineering wise, like what I like about engineering and what I don't. So um, I think they're extremely valuable. You can always find time to train, right? Like you could wake up before, you could wake up after, or you could do it after, you could skate after. I think in the summer, you can find ways to do both. To finish up what I was saying, I just think internships are super important. It's a great way to kind of figure out what you like in a job company, what size company you like, what do you like about, for me, engineering, what do you not like about it? And it's a great way to get experience and an intern or um, experience and possibly lead to future, a future job. So I, what do you think on internships? Did you ever have one? I did not have one, but only because I coached and trained in the summertime. So like mm -hmm. the place that I work at in the summertime, Paul Vincent hockey, pbhockey.com for anybody looking for a place to train in the summertime, be with mm -hmm. me, Mr. Vincent and coach Colin Downey of the Hartford Wolfpack. So mm -hmm. it's a great crew. Um, but regardless, the reason that I started working there was kind of to pay for it at the same time. And mm -hmm. I, I've probably been going there now for nine years, I think. This will be my 10th. Wow. And after my, wow. yeah, back into U16, even prior to that. Um, so I was going there just, just playing. So I was too young to get an internship. So I just train in the summer, just train. And then to start to pay for it, I started working in the gym there. And then after one year in the gym, I started working on the ice and then kind of worked my way up. So my internship has kind of helped my personal career right now in coaching because yeah. I've been working for like learning from those people. So, um, that's kind of the route that I took. Yeah. And I think, I mean, regardless if it's an internship or just a summer job, obviously it probably depends what your major is. Cause like engineering, they kind of want that engineering background of internships, but like, I don't know if you're getting what say whatever job, like probably a summer job is probably, you know, fine. And like, you can do enough talking points, but I think something like you did is super valuable because it's like, you're leading groups of kids, you know, you're constructing plans, practice plans, how to yeah. communicate and everything. So that, I think that is definitely, it's not just like a normal summer job. That's more, more, way more heavily involved in, you know, kind of being aware of what you're doing and leading a group of people and strategically planning certain things and learning how to communicate effectively with like explaining drills and technique. And, you know, so yeah, I think, yeah, I think say that any... is a great summer experience. What I've kind of learned a little bit of is like any job that you're like, whether you could be even a camp counselor, forget hockey, right? Any job yeah, where you're like yeah. managing people, like people management, mm -hmm. like get a group of people to do something like that is yep. an effective uh, way to kind of learn how to communicate, learn how to develop uh, not only as a person, but potentially an organization, maybe your own business. Um, I found that super useful, not only in my transition post hockey, but also in like my hockey career as well. Like as I played. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, to get a group of people to do something can be extremely hard sometimes. You know, 100%. Like, what does that sound like? Yeah. And, and, and what does that sound like when it comes to actively playing hockey? I am potentially a leader on my team. I need a, I need a group of my team to do something, right? Everything goes yeah. together. It doesn't matter if it's the business world. It doesn't matter if it's athletics, right? right. You're doing essentially the same thing. I need all yeah. my people working toward the same mission, working toward to achieve a goal, whether that's win a championship whether that's meet certain business goals, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. But I think if you're, if you're profession that you want to go into, if most people are getting internships for that profession, I would probably look into getting an internship because it's going to be really hard to compete with some of these kids who have had two to three internships, you know, and yeah. they have all this experience directly related to that job. Um, you know, compared to you, it's going to be, you're really going to have to sell yourself. It's going to be yeah, really exactly. tough, um, but I, I, I think it, uh, at least for our majors and stuff, internships were, internships were great. Love so it. I love it. Yeah. So we got kind of a little bit, we talked a little bit about 
transitioning out of hockey? Is it okay to do so? We talked a little bit about uh, the club hockey. You know, is that an option? What is that option? Talked a little bit about internships and finding jobs post-college careers. Um, mm-hmm. What are we at with time? Do we want to get into gear today? Yeah, we we uh, we have we're at forty minutes, so we can get into. All right, it. let's do it. Let's do it. So one thing, I guess I could kind of transition this right when not that yeah. you're say we're back in the playing time, right? So we kind of just covered a little bit about post playing and transitioning out while right. I'm playing, right? So this is kind of information for parents first. Then we'll get into kind of players, right? Mm-hmm. Gear, gear these days could not be more expensive. You, you could, could buy a house. Expensive. You could buy a house with how much money gear costs. We're talking $300, $400 sticks, $1,200 to $1,500 pairs of skates. They don't even come with the blades. Gloves. They don't even come with the blades. You break a blade, then you got to pay for more blades. Break a stick, you got to buy another stick. So my question for yeah. you, Ray, what do you think? When's the time to buy new gear? Do I need the best stuff? Where do I get my stuff? Do I get it online? Do I get it from a pro shop, from pro stock? What do I do? So obviously neither of us have kids, but we both played and our parents sure did buy us a lot of gear growing up. Um, But if I, so right now, I think if you're just starting out hockey or I would say up until like the age of like, I don't know, like 12, like go, I, the first place that I would look, if I'm getting into hockey or my kids still in that growing stage, like quite a lot, go to play it against sports, go to a store like that and go look at their used gear, whether it's shoulder pads, shin pads, pants, skates, helmet, like all that stuff, like you can get at a great price there and it's good gear. Cause I mean, gear from eight years ago is really good gear still. You know, the technology right now is insane, but like eight years ago, that gear is good like i still use stuff from that long ago you know so i would the first place i would go look is a place like played against sports that'd be my number one place to go um and then i would think like once you're getting into like that and i guess it i don't want to say it's um level dependent too like if you're playing house league versus triple a but i do think there is a difference you know in terms of skill and being able to put some of those those technologies to work gear yeah yeah to work you know like if i had a player who's playing triple a at 14 i might want to start looking into getting him maybe some more established higher end gear um yep just because it does come to a benefit there is a benefit and if you're taking it seriously like that i mean it it does help you get some sort of you know slight advantage into your game whether it's your shot with like a stick or skates in terms of like the stiffness of them or how they feel on your um, feet or to the blades and how this, you know, strong they are. Um, So there's advantages to it, but like in that, in that, you know, youth hockey stage, I think use gear, hand me downs. Don't be afraid to ask people if they have older kids or something, see if they have gear. You know Um, I think it's just so expensive right now. And the only way people are going to be able to get into the sport is if, you know, the gear costs are lower and that could be using, you know, that could be done by using used gear. So 100%. What do you think? What do you think? Because 100%. I, I agree. It is a tough one. I, because you want to get, like, everybody wants to have the nicest stuff. But I do want to say what one thing necessary. you said, right? It's not necessary. Now, tell that to a seven year old Fletcher. I probably would have said it was necessary. Yeah. But yeah, right. Exactly. I do want to, I do want to, I guess one thing that I kind of have a little bit of knowledge on is the stick situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, why are they so expensive, right? The material one, what they're making them out of two, right? The technology in the stick. So for example, right, we'll use the, the Nexus Geo, right? The stick I have, it's kind of got a mm-hmm. curved back. It's got a green thing on the bottom, right? That's what I used in college, right? Why is that stick so expensive? One, probably because of the technology that's put into the making of the stick, but also, right, there's something called kick points on the stick. Right. So you have one toward the bottom, sometimes one in the middle, sometimes one up top. Right. Those kick points make a difference when you know what you're doing. So, for example, I say when you know what you're doing, when you are 10 years old, is your shot good enough to take advantage of the kick points and the flex of a stick? Probably not. Definitely not. However, when you are 18 and you're trying out for the newest junior program or you're trying to get a scholarship to college, maybe you're in college, right? Then it does matter a lot. 
matters a lot. Now, could you give a wooden stick to a Division One or Division Three player and have them shoot and it's going to come off nice? Yes, you could. Right? Could you give a wooden stick to a 12-year-old and say, is this going to come off just as good as their shot with their composite? Maybe not. Right, but that comes with the skill and what's been acquired over time and learning how to shoot in hand position, etc. So yep. I think that's just kind of like a microcosm look at a piece of gear. So as you get better, you probably need better stuff just to enhance your game a bit more. In saying yep. that, I would say you do not need the coolest, best, newest uh, look at me gear in the world. You don't. The hand me downs are fine. Yeah, you, you just use what's working. Useless working. You know, that's what I'm going. And especially, especially, I would say, save your money on the undergear, right? Oh. Like some of the. <laughs> Don't get me you know what I mean? Like, like padded Under Armour. Yeah. What about the yeah, padded right, Under Armour? Unless you got an injury, unless you got an injury where you've right. broken a shoulder or you've broken a collarbone, or maybe the trainer put the pads on there for you. Yeah. Like, let's not rock the football pads underneath your shoulder pads. Yeah, that's like a that's like a hundred dollar shirt right there. Save that. Just get a normal shirt or whatever, dry fit. And then like in terms of like shin pads and stuff, like I I think the ones like a hand me down pair will do you just fine, especially at those younger levels when the pucks aren't coming in too hard. Um, you know, if there's no cracks on it or anything, like they will be just fine as long as they fit correctly. Like, I don't know. I think save your money on the undergear. That because I, um, I, yeah, I use like agree. you know shoulder pads, I use shoulder pads for 10 years, elbow pads for like eight, shin pads for like eight. You know, I, I used a lot of my undergear for long periods of time. You know, you I, know don't, I don't necessarily in, know in saying that, that much money on it. In saying that, now I guess we'll kind of transition from parents to players. You're in college. Maybe your Under Armour rips. Maybe you need new knee pads. Maybe you see a friend get new knee pads. When is the right time to go to the equipment manager? Is there a right time to go to the equipment manager? Is there not a right time? Should you be, should it be by age? What what do you think? What's your opinion on that? Do I go? Am I high I maintenance? Know. Am I low maintenance? Where do I want to be? I know because like there was some there would be some kids who like okay they saw someone get like a new pair of shin pads so then they're like oh I'm gonna go and ask now if I can get something new that i need you know it's like one of those oh yeah in, in college i only ever asked for one new thing that was shoulder pads like my junior year but other than that like i try to be as low maintenance as possible like shit could be falling apart if it's broke if it ain't broke don't fix it so it's like the boy I, who cried wolf yeah like the boy yeah. who cried broken <laughs> the boy who cried broken knee pads if i'm getting new knee pads every single time i can guess yeah. what when it's your seventh pair and something's actually wrong, they're going to be like, get out of the screwed. office. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The only time I think, like, in terms of, like, the undergear, too, like, knee, if the shin pad is cracked on the knee, that can be, that can suck. Because if you fall yeah. on that thing or get a shot there, but other than that, like, elbow pads, like, shoulder pads, they're pretty much just stay intact. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. really find a need for them to get, to get new ones and stuff every couple of years. Um, 100%. But, you're probably high maintenance, though. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was barely in there. Barely in there. <laughs> Never. Um, yeah, Um. also say on the price of sticks, like, yeah, the technology and stuff is getting better and better every year, too. But I think another big part of why these prices are so high, one, inflation um, and manufacturing costs right now with, like, how much materials are. Um. And then two, like the market's dominated by what four stick manufacturers, like four stick Bowers, companies. CCM, Warrior, True, Warrior, or not True? Yeah, yeah True. I mean, yeah, maybe True. Yeah, Bowers, so CCM, like, Warrior. Oh yeah, Bowers, CCM, Warrior, and whoever else you want to throw in that mix. Reebok, but like, I mean, so I don't it's, even know what it's, that is anymore. They get what? bought by somebody else. Reebok. Yeah, the Bauer. I would say the three. So my Wi-Fi has gone out now twice. If you listened to yeah. two episodes ago, it was not on last mm -hmm. week. It took nine nine tries to get going. So easy to we're say the Wi-Fi not going good here today either. Yep. But we were talking about uh, sticks that dominate the market right now. I would say by far number one is Bauer. Close second CCM. 
If True mm-hmm. has worked their way up with some big name pros, um, yeah. And then what was the fourth one? What was the fourth one? We Warrior. 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 Well, they've been consistent. Yeah, they have. So I mean, I think that's also why prices are so high right now is because they can just, you know, pr- they can they have total control over the market and the price. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which makes it really difficult for the consumer, especially parents or you know people who are. You know, kids who like parents who are trying to, you know, give their players the best experience possible with hockey yeah. um, so that, you know, they they want to get them, you know, top of the line gear and stuff or sticks, at least or skates. And it can be really hard for families to do so. So I think that that has a that's a big kind of issue in hockey right now and trying to get kids into the sport at a, you know, low cost. You yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. So. so good stuff it's good stuff we covered that some wrap up episode number yeah go ahead no, i was gonna say i think that i think that wraps up episode number 21 of the no one told me hockey podcast with fletcher's bad wi-fi we may have to add that into the name <laughs> no one told me hockey podcast with fletcher's bad wi-fi and bad wall painting it is bad. you want to give Wait, us a no, quick it, recap yeah, give us a quick yeah. recap on the episode, and then we'll we'll sign off for the day. Yeah, give us a little recap. We talked a little bit about Jack's upcoming triathlon. So good luck to Jack coming up on Saturday at seven thirty a.m. start time. So while everybody else is sleeping, he's going to be getting better, accomplishing something we've been talking about for a while now. So good luck to Jack in that. We talked about transitioning out of hockey, whether that be in high school, whether that be in college. We talked about potentially club hockey right is that an option we talked about networking when you're post-college we talked about internships right it, what are the pros of doing one what are the cons uh you know should i do one is dependent on what i'm trying to go into um mm-hmm. staying involved we talked about whether that's supporting your old team whether that's not supporting them at all um and then we kind of <laughs> transitioned out of that and into kind of gear preferences in terms of what to buy when to buy it how to buy it um, we dove into sticks a little bit in terms of using that as an example of it, when do I buy a stick, right? Do I need the newest one at a young age? Do I need the uh, oldest one at a higher age? You know, what kind of works and when? Um, and that kind of wrapped up uh, the episode. I'll talk about low maintenance players. Like myself. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. I appreciate you hopping on for another episode uh, the no one told me hockey podcast i will talk to you later enjoy the wedding and the golf stay under 100 and uh, i'll talk to you next week and go panthers Ooh, true let's go baby they're buzzing all right see you buddy yep